Hey folks, here we are. It is Tuesday, February 2nd. You know what we call today? Today is Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is when Punxsutawney Phil up in Punxsutawney, PA, decides they drag him out of his hole. He doesn't come out on his own. They drag him out of his hole to see if he sees the sh his shadow or not see his shadow. And that philosophy or theory or hypothetical whatever determines it's either going to be six weeks more of winter or an early spring. So I, I don't understand that because six weeks from to now, from now on the calendar is spring. The 21st of March is the first day of spring in the lunar calendar. So don't know, don't know what kind of a procrastinator or prognosticator that Phil is, but it's an interesting subject. It, it, it is the beginnings of thinking that spring is coming. As we start every presentation, we want to offer our heartfelt prayers for everybody that has been affected by this COVID-19, the China virus, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we also want to pray for those who have lost loved ones and for the loved ones who have been lost, that the Lord would open his arms and gather them into his heaven above. So with that being said, uh, we're on a journey. We're, we're talking about the book, The Richest Man in Babylon. And, and this book by Clayson, George Clayson, was actually the first, <laughs> the first copyright of it is 1926. Wow, that's 94 years ago. Wow, been around a long time. It's interesting when, when I read books and, and I see there are a lot of new books that come out. I, I'm a publisher, so I have several new books over the last number of years. Uh, and then we find classic old books, Think and Go Rich, How to Win Friends, Influence People, Magic of Thinking Big, and then here's another one called The Richest Man in Babylon. Now, what is the premise to this book, and how does it relate to the financial well-being that I talk about on here all the time? Remember, let, let's, let's review just an idea of the concept of, of what I, I teach and preach to people. In typical planning, when, when people are, are planning for their retirement, the, the financial planner person, the typical, would say, look, uh, here you are today at 40 years old, at 65 or 67, how much money do you need per month in order to maintain your lifestyle? And you say, well, well I, I, I don't know. You know, that's 25, 30 years from now into the future. Well. The typical planning concept don't work without numbers. So he, he now sets out on a journey and say, well, hypothetically, what do you make now? And then we'll take hypothetically the average inflation that the government posts every year. Good, bad, yes, no, real or not. And we'll use that to take your current income today. We'll project it to your retirement. Okay, well, how much truth is in that calculation? 
Number one, is the money you're earning today adequate? Is the money you're earning today your, your ideal income that you're hoping to make? So if it's not, then what val validity, what validity would it have in using it to make this calculation? When are you going to retire? Remember, there are four questions. What interest do you have to make on your savings so that you'll have enough savings when you get there so that you have income that lasts throughout your life expectancy with adjustments for inflation? Okay, what interest? How much money do I actually have to save every year, every month so that I'll have enough money when I get there? that it will last me throughout my life expectancy with adjustments for inflation. Well, what about how long will I have to work? When will I be able to quit? When will I be able to retire? I don't know. Well, how much will I have to reduce my lifestyle so that my need for income fits the amount of money that I've accumulated. Those are very valid questions. And I think they would apply to everybody in, in our planning. But looking at it in that way, how many different assumptions have to be made in developing that kind of a plan or process of a plan to do that? All I know, uh, I mean, even at my age of, of this wonderful age of 71 years old, uh, I'm just getting started. Uh, you know, I expect to live to somewhere between 100 and 120. That, that is my life expectancy that I think of right now. Why would I think that? Why would I think worse than that? Because I'm healthy. I, I you know, I haven't had any severe things uh, that in my mind, uh, so I expect to live a long time. How much money am I going to need? Five years, 10 years, 15, even 20 years into the future. How much money am I going to need? Is it possible to know that? When you think of the U.S. debt clock and the things that I talk about there and, and, and the possibility of that black cloud in Washington, D.C. being unleashed upon us and the government's quest to take our money in a lot of different ways. You know, how's the government going to take our money? Well, well, what do you buy that you don't pay tax on? Tell me, what do you buy that you do not pay tax on? So it's easy for them to adjust. And I see the next big tax is going to be a value added tax. I don't know when that's going to happen, but it's inevitable because the government for a, a long, long time has spent more money annually than they take in. So if that continues on, how can they not raise taxes? The percentage of people working in our society is less today than it was 
21 years ago in the year 2000. Imagine that. There was about 280 million residents in America and 156 million or so employees, people working. Today we have 330 million plus and we have about 150 million working. So we have more population, people living longer, inflation eating up our value with the printing of money through the Federal Reserve and fewer people paying taxes into the system. I, I, I don't know. How could you not see the government taxing us more? I, I don't think that is even a conscious possibility that they would not tax us more. Now, looking forward, my philosophy, my thesis of financial success is I, when I get to whatever date it is in the future, I don't know the date, whatever the date is where I either want to retire or I'm not capable of working anymore because of physical or medical issues that may arise or most likely will arise eventually in my life. And I will not have the physical capability or the mental capacity to continue working. I don't know when that is, but I do know that my goal is to have the most resources I can have when I get to that moment in time. I want to have the most wealth that I can have when I get there at that moment in time. And I cannot accomplish that goal with anything the typical financial world tells me about money. Because everything the typical financial world is telling you about money is only in their best interest. No matter what the SEC and FINRA and all of these legislative bodies have in rules and regulations and fiduciary rules, etc. They are never going to be all for us. It's always going to be underlying in their best interest, no matter what happens, no matter what. Always going to be in their best interest. They're going to make it so. So what I want to do today, I want to take take the book the richest man in Babylon. Here it is. This is my copy. It's an old, old copy. And, and there's a section. I just found it here. It, it's called the five laws of gold in this book. Now you have to realize that this book, you know, the richest man in Babylon, you got to understand a little bit of history of Babylon was the golden city at that time. There was no magic in Babylon. It was the creativity of the residents of Babylon that created, you know, water flows and canals that, that irrigated the, the fertile soil that was there. But there wasn't any magic about Babylon. But Babylon was, was the, the crowning city on the hill, so to speak. And, and in that, the first rule here says gold 
cometh gladly and in increasing quantity to any man who will put by not less than one-tenth of his earnings to create an estate for his future and that of his family. Now, what is it saying there? One-tenth. Well, historically, in, in, in the past, it has always been if you save 10% of your income, you're going to be okay. Well, I believe there is so much pressure on money today with the taxes, cost of living, inflation. Remember the five rules, risk, taxes, regulation, inflation, and depreciation of the money. My theory, my thesis is about 20% of income. So one twentieth, 20% of income should be saved. Number two, gold laboreth diligently and contentedly for the wise owner who finds for it profitable employment, multiplying even as the flocks in the field. Now, what are we talking about there? Profitable employment. See, I talk about that all the time. Is your money needs to work for you. Whatever you have positioned in savings, investments, real estate investments, etc., I, I want those dollars to be my employee. I don't want them to sit there and compound and accumulate because that exacerbates the tax bill, increases the tax bill. I want those earnings paid to me. I'm going to use those earnings to pay other expenses in my life so that out of my earned income, I now don't have to pay them. I can actually save more money. I can create more investments, savings, etc., that generate more income for me. And, and that's what he's talking about here. I, I, I want my gold to have profitable employment. Number three, gold clingeth to the protection of the cautious owner who invests it under the advice of men wise in its handling. Well, what does that say? You know, you should only be taking advice from people that obviously have your best interests at heart and they have some kind of knowledge or track record that, that is successful at accumulating and saving and making this, all this work. You know, my 30 years ago, I was on the edge of bankruptcy because of a lawsuit that had come at me that I lasted for three and a half years before it ended. And I was eventually exonerated. But in that three and a half years, I had literally lost my confidence in myself. I stopped working. I wasn't making any money. Debt got completely way out of hand. And I was ready to go down the drain. I was ready to go over the falls. And I was that close to thinking that the life insurance I had would be better for my family than me. That was a thought in my mind. And God sent me a man named Jody Victor, who I, whom I met and allowed him to become my mentor and was so appreciative and have been for the last 29, almost 30 years now that he he is a very, very successful man, has business around the world. And he has taught me more about money in the last 29 years than any of the books that I've read. And I've read hundreds and hundreds of books. 
most of them under the reference or recommendation of Jody in the books that I read, including this one. So what I have learned in the last 29 years, I can mathematically prove everything I'm telling you. Actually, on my radio show and on my Facebook here, I have a $1,000 challenge. If you don't think what I'm talking about is good and you have a better way and you want to challenge me, bring it on. There is the potential of a $1,000 reward for challenging me, but don't bring your opinion. You must verify and, and create validity to what you are challenging. Mathematical proof. Here we go. Number four, gold slippeth away from the man who invests it in businesses or purposes with which he is not familiar or which are not approved by those skilled in its keep. Make sure that the things that you do with your money aren't scams. I mean, there's so much stuff going on with the internet. There are scams everywhere. I had one a week ago on a, on a Saturday night, my computer at home locked up and it come up there and, 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 and it said that Microsoft brand name company had locked up my computer because of some virus or something going on. Call this number. Well, I called the number and they tried to sell me a $900 VPN something or other. And, and it wasn't a virus in my computer. It was in the network I was in. Well, that's Xfinity. I have no control over that. So I, I didn't spend the money and I told her to get out of my computer and actually I turned it off and turned it back on and it was fine. They were gone. So it was a scam. But I was that close to, to buying something for eight or nine hundred dollars that was a scam because I talked to my computer guys the guys of wisdom about computers Monday morning. And he reassured me that if you have a computer problem, he's the guy to call. He is the wise, wisdom-filled guy with computers that I deal with and takes care of all of my computers because I have several. Number five, gold flees from the man who would force it to impossible earnings or who followeth the alluring advice of tricksters and schemers or who trusts it to his own inexperience and romantic desires in investments. Those are five unbelievably great rules. We will continue our journey in, in the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, as we go forth. But we remember that in order to reach our real potential in life, financial, personal, business, physical, all of that requires growth. It requires action. You have to put in action in order to get ahead in some way or another. If you're not doing something to grow you, remember you're either busy being born or you're busy dying. It's that simple. And don't fall into the trap of thinking that success is a destination. It is not. It's a journey. It is the greatest journey in life. It should be fun, fulfilling, challenging, enthusiastic. It, it, it is all of that. That's the position that you should be in your thinking. 
as you take on these challenges. God would not give you a challenge unless he knew and believed that you could handle it. And remember, upon the plains of hesitation sit the bones of countless millions who upon the threshold of success sit down to wait, and in waiting they died. We're on a journey, folks. I'm here to coach you and help you in any way that I can. It's what's in my heart. It's my mission to touch a million people's lives before I die. If nothing more than to give you the opportunity to say yes or no to what I share. Remember, toward the end of February, we're in the first of February. I, I, I don't have the dates firm yet. Somewhere around the end of February is the summit. The Summit to Success is the title of it. And there's going to be 20 to 30 speakers over a three-day period of time. You're going to have access to get a free ticket to all of those three days and all of the speakers that are going to cover every subject from finance to protecting to uh, physical and mental and spiritual. We're going to bring it all to you for free from speakers that are the wisest of the wise in each of their topics. Get my book, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project. There it is. There it is. And get it at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, any of the big booksellers. You can communicate with me here. Send me a message uh, and we'll hook up and I'll make arrangements to send you a book, an autographed copy of the book. You can also go to cfo-project.com, cfo-project.com, put in your email address, and you'll immediately, instantly get a link that you can download the book into your computer or on your phone for free. Now, when you go there, there's an opportunity to invest more money in more books. There's four more books in a one-hour video. If you're really accepting the challenge to change your future. Let me guide you and help you make that happen. God bless. We'll see you here tomorrow, hopefully around noon. Bye-bye.